When you are trying to make decisions and then also do the thing you've decided to do, it can feel really intense because rather than sort of making a bunch of decisions all at once and then just showing up to do the task because that's what you've already decided to do, you're like constantly making decisions throughout your day. All of those decision-making processes are totally spread out and that in and of itself can be a huge source of that sense of decision fatigue because you just feel like you're constantly having to make decisions. And in fact, you are in that kind of a scenario. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Today, we're talking about how to prevent decision fatigue. As a therapist running your own practice, you have an endless number of decisions to make, and that can be a real drag, like literally. When you lack organization, you can find yourself making and remaking decisions, wasting a lot of time and energy. Even though decision fatigue isn't a sexy topic, and it's probably the last thing most of us think about, it's something I work with my clients on literally every week. And to be totally honest, it's something I've been working on in my own business lately. So in this episode, I'm going to share some strategies I've been using and that I teach my clients to reduce decision fatigue and get shit done. Let's get into it. Like I said, I'm literally in the middle of working on this in my business right now. There have been times when this has been less of an issue. I'm better at tracking my time. I decide how I'm going to spend my time, and then I show up for that task. I have clear protocols for particular things that happen in my business. But lately, to be totally honest, apart from seeing my clients and teaching in my programs, I've been doing a lot of things for the most part when I feel like doing them. And though this sometimes feels really great and I love the freedom and the sense of control. It also means that things are just less organized lately and some of the bigger projects I say I've been wanting to do just aren't getting done. So a few weeks ago, I was talking to my own coach and describing these really big projects that I want to do, I want to move forward on, but it feels like I never have the time for them. The things that I need to do but don't really want to do, those keep on getting pushed off. And in general, when I thought about these projects, I was just feeling kind of overwhelmed and frustrated. So there was this real push-pull between really wanting to do it, really wanting to make progress, but just feeling like all of the day-to-day tasks were just kind of getting in the way and I didn't have enough time to do them. So when I was talking with my coach, she pointed out to me that it seemed like I was trying to decide what to do, and then do the thing in the same moment. Like I really wasn't separating those two things out. And this was such a great reminder for me. Again, like I already know it on some level. I help my clients with this all the time. But this just goes to show that coaches also need their own coaches. 
just like therapists benefit from having their own therapy. And so this was something I really needed to hear. And it was such a helpful reminder to hear that, yeah, when you are trying to make decisions and then also do the thing you've decided to do, it can feel really intense because rather than sort of making a bunch of decisions all at once and then just showing up to do the task because that's what you've already decided to do, you're like constantly making decisions throughout your day. All of those decision-making processes are totally spread out and that in and of itself can be a huge source of that sense of decision fatigue because you just feel like you're constantly having to make decisions. And in fact, you are in that kind of a scenario. Sometimes it makes sense to just make a decision and then do the thing right in that moment. But in your business where a lot of processes and tasks are happening on repeat, they're happening over and over again, it actually really makes sense to separate out the decision-making and the doing processes. And that's what I've been doing lately. This is really, really important because when you're deciding what to do and doing the thing, it causes overwhelm and it wastes time. It's just not efficient. And like I already said, it just makes doing the tasks, it makes your day-to-day experience of running your business just feel so much harder and so much more laborious. So how do we end up in a place where we are just kind of not really organizing our time? Every single day we wake up, we're good at showing up for our clients, we're good at getting the most necessary things done, but then everything else is kind of happening on the fly. How do we end up in a place like this in the first place. So this can happen when we're simply doing too much. Like the list of tasks in your business is endless and you don't feel like you can slow down long enough to make a plan because that would take away from the doing. So you're just so overwhelmed by like the sheer volume of things you have to do that it doesn't feel worth it to you. It doesn't feel possible to actually stop and pause and organize yourself. So that's one way that we can get ourselves into this situation. Another way that that can happen is that we're just not organizing our time. Like maybe we technically do have the time for this, but we just don't think that's important. We don't want to do it. We have some sort of blocks around it and we end up task switching as a result. So we're not organizing our time. And rather than just focusing on one category of task or one task at a time, we're just constantly doing this sort of switching and moving through kind of like a checklist of items of like one minute we're doing some work on marketing, another minute we're responding to a client email, then we are working from home. So now we're going to go do the laundry. We're just constantly switching tasks. It doesn't give us time to really sink, sink in to any one mode. And it also means that we're working inefficiently. Another way we can experience decision fatigue is if we feel like things quote unquote aren't working in our businesses. If we have made a particular decision, we have come up with a strategy, oftentimes around marketing, this is where this can really, really show up. And then, you know, we're not getting the results we want in a certain time frame, the time frame we had hoped or expected. Sometimes we get into decision fatigue because we start questioning our plan and we start worrying about whether or not it's working and we start kind of going back through our decisions and trying to evaluate whether or not they were good. And evaluating things in your business and doing assessments isn't a bad thing. However, (laughs) if you've just created a marketing strategy and you've actually only been implementing it for a week and you haven't seen the results yet, or honestly, even a month, two months, three months, and you're just questioning the whole thing, you are 
wasting time. To be totally honest, that is not the time frame to be doing this. You need to give your plan uh, some time to see if it works before you're suddenly questioning it. So that is can be a huge waste of time if you've actually already made a decision and now you're remaking it. So sometimes what you need to do in that case is just come back to the decision you've already made, do your mindset work, get back on board, and actually focus your attention on implementing the plan you've already created. So that's what happens for a lot of us when we end up in a place of decision fatigue. One of these things have happened. We're doing too much. We're not taking the time to pause and actually organize ourselves, or we perceive that things aren't working and we are just trying to remake the entire plan when that's not really the move. So per my own coach's uh, encouragement, I have been tracking my time for the last couple of weeks and I've been scheduling my time more diligently. I've been putting these projects that felt overwhelming in my calendar because actually what I found is that things are taking less time than I initially thought they were. Like things that I thought would maybe take 30 minutes or an hour are actually happening in 15 minutes, which is amazing. And these projects that I wasn't getting to, I was feeling kind of really overwhelmed by, like I wanted to do it, but I was feeling frustrated because I felt like I couldn't. I've actually been able to make progress on them in the last couple of weeks just from tracking my time and scheduling it. But it's also been really interesting to notice when I go towards doing the things that I really don't want to do or the sort of projects or tasks that I've been avoiding, it becomes really clear to me what my blocks are and why I've been avoiding them, which has been super illuminating. So for instance, one of the tasks that I've just been needing to do is give someone on my team some feedback about um, some materials they were creating. And what I discovered when I finally put it in my calendar And I went to do it. I had gotten all of these other things done. It was very clear to me because I was organizing myself that there wasn't like another thing I needed to go do real quick. I had kind of cleared the path and there was really nothing left for me to do but to do this thing. I suddenly kind of heard in my head exactly what the block was, which is, oh, I'm not good at doing this. I don't know how to give this feedback. Oh gosh, I have to figure out how to describe something that I like or don't like aesthetically. And I actually don't feel like I'm very good at that. So I'm like, oh, of course I've been avoiding this. This feels challenging. This is a skill set that I actually feel like I'm still developing. And of course, it's the thing I don't want to do. It's just not as easy for me. And it's a place where I'm still learning. And so that is definitely consistent for me. As much as I do like to learn, I also like to already be good at things. And so sometimes when I have to engage in a task, which is going to require me to kind of feel out of my depth, kind of feel like like I'm not already so great at it, it can be hard for me to actually motivate myself to do it. But that's a huge part of running my business is constantly learning. And so that was actually just really, really helpful for me to see that that was part of what was going on for me. That's why there was a block. And the antidote to that can be some mindset work. It can be acknowledging it. It can be giving myself some compassion It can be even just naming out loud to my team member, hey, uh, I really want to give you this feedback. I know you need this to move the project forward. And here's where I'm having some difficulty. If the feedback I'm giving you about these aesthetics doesn't make sense, please let me know because I am learning how to communicate this. Just being transparent about that process. Oh my gosh, it can be so helpful. And so you may not be interfacing with another person on some of these tasks, but you may need to have a little internal conversation with yourself. 
and get honest and transparent about why this is hard for you. And that can happen in the context of mindset work. That can be a really helpful place to go. And if you're not already a part of Healing Money, my free Facebook group, there is a course in there called Daily Mindset, which you can access. Um, It's totally for free. You just need to sign up and register and join the group and you can go in there. It'll give you a lot of support with getting started with a daily mindset practice that will be so helpful when it comes to moving through blocks around your business. All right, so now let's talk about some of the decisions you're making over and over again in your private practice that you don't really need to be making over and over again. And I'm going to separate them into three broad categories, knowing that you might have more, but for a lot of therapists in private practice, these, these are some of the categories that we're often engaging with. So they're admin tasks, marketing tasks, and SOPs, which stands for Standard Operating Procedures. And I'm going to go into each one of those a little bit more. So admin tasks are things like finishing your case notes. I think there's a pretty strong chance, if you are like most therapists, that you have been behind on your case notes. We are notorious for this. This is one of the admin tasks we love to put off. And then be super stressed out about because it is totally a requirement and we know it, but gosh, do we like to procrastinate on our case notes. Uh, So admin tasks, case notes, answering client emails, responding to new client inquiries. Now you might be listening to this and think, man, I would love to have new client inquiries. But another thing therapists are notorious for is not getting back to potential clients. Once we get full Uh, We often don't respond and, you know, we hear about this in general, like in the general public from clients. So it's so hard to get a hold of a therapist. I've called 20 therapists. I've only heard back from two. And to me, that indicates that the internal workings of our business are not such that we can have timely responses. And that's, that's actually a part of a bigger problem. So anyway, that's like an admin task that we often are doing over and over again, but like we may not have streamlined. And then sending paperwork to clients who have decided to work with you or billing, paying rent at your office or tracking your home office expenses. Some of these things are tasks you're going to have. You know, you might have like auto pay on, so that's not an issue for you. But these are generally some things that are going to fall into that admin category. Marketing tasks could be things like social media or email marketing, copy creation, keeping your therapist directory profiles up to date scheduling, regular networking updates, or following up with the people that you're networking with and nurturing those relationships. Um, You may have been saying you're going to build or like tweak or edit your website for a long time, but you're just not getting to that project. So those could be some of the marketing tasks you're engaging in. And then SOPs, that's standard operating procedures. It's just an acronym. And basically it's the rules for how you handle certain things in your business. So it's basically like when this happens, this is what happens next. So an SOP could be um, like what to do when a potential client fills out a form through your website or what to do if they ask to reschedule a session or what to do if they no show or how you communicate with clients when you're going to take time off. These are all things that are going to happen in your business from time to time, some of them more frequently than others. And knowing exactly what the plan is for when something like that occurs can reduce the number of decisions you have to make in that particular moment. And in some cases, these SOPs are going to actually even translate into policies. So for instance, like what happens when a client no-shows or cancels or late cancels, that is going to be something that shows up in your cancellation policy. 
Whereas something like how you respond when a client um, reaches out to you via your website, that's going to be like an internal SOP that you're just going to know. So there are things in your practice that you're doing over and over again. There may be emails that you write like dozens of times per month, and you may be used to doing things on the fly or when they quote unquote need to happen. But this typically means like I was just talking about that only the most pressing things in your business are happening. So like responding to your current clients and showing up for sessions. And then the less pressing things like your case notes and your marketing, they may be almost never happen, but you constantly feel stressed and behind. And that's a really terrible feeling to have in your business. It really, really sucks. And there is absolutely something you can do about it. So Here is what to do in this next week. And this is what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks. That's really, really been helping me feel like more in control and actually get the things done that I want to do. So separate out the deciding what to do from the doing, meaning schedule some time to actually sit down and just make a bunch of decisions, make decisions about when you're going to get different things done in your business, put the blocks of time on your calendar. Even if you don't get to all of these things or they end up taking longer than you initially expected, this will be really great data for you to have because then you'll be able to plan more effectively. Like if the reality is that doing social media marketing, like actually creating those captions or those graphics takes a really long time, like much longer than you want to be spending, then that might be an indication that you need to look for ways to work more efficiently. Or you may decide that you actually do want to hire someone else to do that. Or you may decide that this is not the right mode for you to be working in. But either way, you'll have that information rather than it being the sort of like black box of I don't really know what's going on. Because if you don't know what's going on, then you can't really do anything. But once you have more information, you can make a more educated decision about what needs to be happening in your business. So spend an hour this week just sitting down and making a decision about how you're going to spend your time. You can schedule blocks of time for the different categories that I've described, like admin, marketing, or sitting down and creating those SOPs. And within each of those blocks of time, you can create different smaller tasks. That way, you though you might be task switching to a degree, you're going to be moving from one thing to another, they'll still be related and it will help your brain kind of be in one mode and stay in that mode deep and into it, which will also help your creativity and your problem solving. Um, And then you can switch gears and your brain can make that transition. That's something that's really, really important for humans is transitioning. And when we're constantly transitioning, especially very unintentionally, this is kind of not a conscious choice. We're not putting a lot of intention on it. We feel chaotic and that makes it really hard for us to to grow and be creative and learn and kind of bring our best selves to what we're working on. But if we can get really focused and intentional about how we're spending our time, we will actually do better work and we'll feel better about it. I really want to encourage you this week to schedule time to work on your SOPs. Now, again, these are your sort of protocols for when different things happen in your business. So think about something that's happening over and over again in your business, but you're just constantly having to kind of redecide what to do. And maybe you can formalize that process. Maybe there's an email template you can create. Maybe there's actually a new policy that you really want to make clear to your clients. Uh, Like... I'm thinking about something that I did pretty early on in my practice. It's 
it makes me laugh because it just reminds me of being an early therapist. So it was in my traineeship days. And I remember I would be in the clinic with, you know, all of the other therapists. We all had, you know, these different offices that we would be occupying and it would be the hour and we would be expecting our clients to be there. And so we'd all kind of like pop out of our rooms, look into the lobby, see if it was our client. If it wasn't your client, you'd go back in and then you'd hear the door open again and you'd go back out and you'd look again and you just kind of do this in and out of the room over and over and over again. And sometimes the client would be quite late and sometimes you wouldn't know that or sometimes the client would no show. And so you might spend an entire hour just going back and forth from that office to the lobby, office, lobby, office, lobby. Oh my gosh. It was so goofy. And finally, I was like, I know there has to be a better way to do this. And so I told my clients, hey, if you're going to be more than 10 minutes late, let me know. If I don't hear from you, I'm going to assume you're not coming and I'm not going to like wait for you. I'm going to move on with my hour. So if you're going to be more than 10 minutes late, please let me know. Um, And as long as you let me know and you tell me when to expect you, that's no problem. I'm happy to I'm happy to wait for you. And that's something I carried on into the rest of my career as a therapist in my private practice. But that was that came out of me looking at, okay, how can I use my time more efficiently? This is an unpleasant experience for me. I could just continue to do it and, and not really change anything. But how can I kind of teach my clients how to interact with me? How can I create a protocol that's going to allow me to feel good about how I'm using my time and my energy and also prevent me from feeling resentful. So some of these things are going to help address, you know, some of the issues in your practice that are going to keep you being able to do it for a really long time. And that's that's another thing about using your time efficiently and creating SOPs. SOPs are a way to essentially cut down on all of the decisions and all of the like little inconveniences and annoyances that can come with a private practice. Of course, we can't get rid of those altogether, but something as simple as the policy that I instituted, it has been a huge time saver. It's been so helpful to set that expectation with my clients, and it really isn't a problem as long as I know that they're coming. And they've gotten so good about telling me over the years. It's been so great. So anyway, that's just a little example of like something you can do. Another thing that I've done is I've created email templates. Um, If you're using Gmail and probably some other email services, you can create email templates uh, within the email service in general. So that's been really, really helpful. If you're curious about that, just go Google how to do it. I'm sure you'll find it. And if you don't, if you're using an email service that doesn't have that, you can always just create a document and store your templates in there. Now, it's going to take time to make these, and you'll probably want to personalize them even when you do send them. It's the sort of thing that when you're trying to make a decision about how to spend your time and there's like something you need to do right now, and then there's something that would be nice, but you're not sure exactly when the next time you're going to use it is, it's really easy to put that second thing off because you're like, well, this isn't important. But just think about how much time you're spending writing that email again and again and again. And maybe it's not that for you. Maybe it's not, that's not the issue. It's not emails that you're writing again and again, but it's something else. So spend some time this next week looking at what are the things that I'm doing over and over again and how can I create an SOP for that? Also, if you have team members, if you have an assistant, if you have, uh, if you're moving towards having a group practice or if you already do have a group practice, What are ways that you and your team members engage with each other? How do you solve problems as a team? Has that been formalized? Is it clear what everyone's responsibilities are? 
uh, or do those have to keep on getting renegotiated and reassessed? So if that's happening, spend some time just going through this. You may also feel like, oh my gosh, there's just so much to do. How am I ever going to get through all of this? I promise you, if you put it on your calendar and you actually show up for it at that time, you will be shocked at how much you can actually get done. Take the pressure off yourself to get all of this done at once. It is going to be a process, but over time it will get easier and you will find that things are actually getting off your plate. They're getting completed. If this feels challenging, know that that's really normal. I sometimes spend entire coaching sessions with my clients where we just focus on making a bunch of decisions. It might be decisions about policies they're changing, fees they're changing. If they're creating courses or coaching offers, we might make decisions about their launch calendar, their pricing, how they're going to deliver it. And we just spend the whole coaching call just making a bunch of decisions. And it can be really helpful to have somebody who's doing that process with you, who's not as close to uh, what's happening. They're a little bit removed. They have a bit more perspective or they have a different perspective. And it can be so helpful just to have somebody to kind of be in that process with if you do find this especially overwhelming. Now, everything I've said so far is pretty simple and obvious when it comes down to it. I'm telling you to track your time. I'm telling you to put things on your calendar. And we need to be reminded of this from time to time, even if it is really simple. Like none of us are above needing to hear this message. Like I said, I needed to hear it from my coach recently. But this isn't really the hard part. If you're anything like me, You don't like being told what to do, even if it's by yourself, like you don't even like you telling you what to do. And so the fact is, is that showing up is literally going to mean doing things that you don't want to. And there's no way to avoid this discomfort. There are only ways to make it better. And that might be like intentionally finding ways to make the process more pleasurable. That might mean doing some mindset work. It might mean like really relishing the fact that you are showing up differently in your business, that you've made a decision and you're following through with it and you are building that self-trust. That can be such a huge win for us when previously we've just been feeling kind of chaotic. Like I keep on saying I'm going to do something and then I never do it. These case notes in particular are piling up and I'm just so sick of it. It's like kind of always on the back of my mind. Like doing this can remove a lot of that stress and a lot of that angst. And sometimes even though actually showing up to do the thing you said you'll do is uncomfortable, the payoff is massive and you end up feeling so much better in the long run. So being uncomfortable right now doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel that way forever. You may find that after spending time doing your own bookkeeping for a few months, that it really is worth it to hire someone. And so, yeah, maybe that was uncomfortable to do for a while, but you learned something really, really important, which is, oh yeah, I'm not doing bookkeeping because I don't like it and I'm not good at it and it's not worth it to me to become good at it. So I'm going to hire someone. That is great information to have because now you can stop feeling guilty and stressed about not doing your bookkeeping. You've solved that problem. You may also find that you do get really sick of writing the same email over and over again, and you finally take the time to make that template, and it saves you tons of time every month. And in some cases, you will even find that some of the things that you didn't like doing end up becoming fun. So for instance, I really didn't want to do marketing for so long, but I did want to write. And I found that by finally showing up for marketing, which at the very beginning of this business was a lot about just writing for uh, Instagram, 
that that became my writing practice and I ended up really enjoying it. And so this is going to change. My point is that though this may start out being very uncomfortable and like, yes, there's no way around that. If you don't want to do the thing, you're still going to have to do the thing. And just because you don't like it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Like you're going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable, but it will not stay that same way forever. Something about it will change. You're either going to learn to enjoy it. You're going to figure out how to make it easier for yourself. You're going to find someone else to do it. You are going to find a solution for this. So know that the discomfort is actually temporary. And part of this process is equipping yourself with data on what it's actually like to run your business. Once you have that, you're going to get to make all sorts of decisions that are going to make your business more sustainable, more pleasurable, all of these different things. This is something that I work with my clients on, like I said, all the time. Ultimately, I want a business where you're feeling happy, where you're enjoying the work you're doing. And I also know and believe and have seen in my own business and in the businesses of the people that I coach that dealing with discomfort and learning how to face it and move through it and transform it is a crucial part of having success. And so if this is feeling hard, I want you to know that that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means that that is where you're at in this process at this time. It will change. And if you want help making all of these decisions, getting organized, planning the future of your business, that is exactly what I help you do in my CEO days. They are day-long coaching intensives with me that happen in person all over the country and even internationally. They are so much fun. And they are just a deep dive into your business where we actually get to spend an entire day together going over your marketing, your messaging, your pricing, your offer suite. And when you leave, you have a plan for what you're going to be doing in your business for the next six months. During our day together, I take a bunch of notes and at the end of it, you get a beautiful PDF with all of the decisions you've made and the plan, it's actually really sweet because oftentimes when people receive this PDF, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. And I'm like, wow, you are so excited about this. And it makes people feel like even more legit. So if you're ready to start treating your business like this is the real deal and you really want to put your best foot forward, then this could be a great fit for you. You can go to my website and check it out. Go to thebadtherapist.coach and go to the work with me section to learn more about CEO days. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this episode has helped shift how you approach getting things done in your business. Next week is all about when to go all in in your business. If you've been thinking about leaving your agency job or group practice to finally go full time in your own private practice, then you're definitely going to want to tune in. I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.